Am I jumping the gun, Bordrick, or are the words, I have a cunning plan, marching with ill-deserved confidence in the direction of this conversation? <laughs> Welcome everyone to season 2 episode 15 of the world's leading free Manchester City FC podcast Bolt from the Blue and with us in our virtual Skype studio we have King of the Kipax writer and City Matters committee member Colin Savage Esquire and also the producer of the amazing City Fan TV YouTube channel Mr. Ray Bubbles. Here we go. Colin, was that one of the most frustrating nights of your life? It was frustrating. The game wasn't a classic. We got there in the end. I think you have to give Zagreb a little bit of credit for a very solid defensive performance. As someone said, if Pep thinks that's going to seduce us into uh, enjoying the Champions League, <laughs> then uh, he's got another thing coming. Well, I know someone who may have some strong opinions on the subject. Do we have Mr. Ray there? Can you believe it? It was, it was a very frustrating evening. We go to such lengths to watch City. I'm sat in a hotel in Germany with the most abysmal Wi-Fi, and I've just blasted through my full month's allowance of data to watch that game of football. <laughs> Doubly frustrating. Okay, guys, so if there is uh, some uh, decline in our usual average audio quality... <laughs> then uh, you'll know the reason why. But um, there we go, guys. This game, well, we started off, and uh, within a very short space of time, you kind of got an idea, Ray, of how it might go. City began to dominate, and in fact, after nine minutes, City had 75% of the ball, yet not a single shot on goal of any note. Then things began to change, and uh, the first thing that happened was um, Sergio Aguero taking advantage of a, a bit of a lapse in their defence, shot from close range blocked, and then the ball goes to Bernardo Silva, who fires it over the bar. And, uh, Ray, that was the shape of things to come, wasn't it? Absolutely, Mike. It was just pretty much wave upon wave of City possession. And we looked decent enough until we got to the final third of Zagreb. They're here to defend, frustrate, played very narrow, packing the normal bus that teams can do it when they come to Manchester. Frustrating evening because every time we seem to get through, we seem to um, balls it up a bit. You just thought, well, it's inevitable. We're going to score here. We're going to score in a minute. We're going to score in a minute. And it's like the longer the game went on, it's like, is it conceivable that we're going to have 80% possession, you know, 20 or 30 shots on and off target and not score a goal? And Colin Savage. Very, very quickly after that skyer from Bernardo, he had another chance, collected a ball into the box. And I say collected it, he could have taken it down and, and controlled it, but he opted to try a very difficult volley. That young boy's brain is not in the game, is it, Colin? I was saying this at the match. He really is 
having a poor season compared to the standards he set last season. He barely figured tonight, and when he did figure, he managed to do something wrong, or it, his head just wasn't there tonight. And I wasn't sat in my usual seat tonight. I was sat in the, the North Stand second tier, the family stand. It was quite noticeable, particularly in the second half when City were attacking towards us. There was no movement from him at all. There were kind of players out wide. You expect something a little bit special or different from Bernardo, and um, don't know, he just didn't seem to want to get involved in the game when he did get the ball. He seemed to be wanting to get rid of it as soon as he could. When they parked the bus like, like Zagreb parked the bus tonight, I think the key is, if you can get past a man, cause him to have to move a little bit and readjust, then you've got a chance to find a gap. Bernardo's capable of doing that, but he just didn't do it tonight. Come back, Leroy Sané. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. It's almost as if there was something going on in the background. I was reading um, in the papers online that there have been some reports that ever since the um, the whole racism thing, Bernardo's head has been uh, on the ground and he's been beating himself up something terrible about this. And so that possibly could be the reason. Ray, do you think that might be a contributory factor? It might be to a small percentage, to a small degree. But if truth be told, as far as I've seen it, he's not been great all season. You know, look, he scored a hat-trick against Watford, but anybody could just about have scored against Watford. So I just don't think he's played standard that he played last season. Now, it could easily be that poor little guy's tired out. You know, he'd been running like crazy last season. You know, he, he didn't get much of a rest in the summer with the Nations League final. So who knows what, you know, if that, that to me is more of a contributory factor. And I just don't think he's been brilliant all season long. Colin, you're on record uh, several times as saying that you, you don't really fancy Gundogan and David Silva as a pair of eights. As soon as I saw the lineup, I, I thought about you and... Uh was it, was it a face palm from you? Yeah, well, I said that in the car. As soon as I heard the lineup in the car going out to the game, I said, yeah, Gundy, Will and Silva, just a little bit too pedestrian. But they're actually OK tonight because it was one-way traffic, not like they had to be that dynamic. And I think Gundogan had a, had a really good game, actually, of all the outfield players. Gundogan was very, very solid, apart from the chance he managed to put against the bar. Ray, 23rd minute, Ilke Gundogan crashes against the crossbar. 26th minute, Aguero puts the ball in the net, but it was uh, ruled out. Bernardo apparently handled the ball in the build-up. That's quite ironic for what happened later. I was saying to Colin just before we came on air, it was like a hungry man with a juicy steak in front of him, and he's just pecking at it with his fork. They were there for the taking, Ray, weren't they? Absolutely. As I said before, they, they were parking the bus and they were playing very narrow. They were allowing us to get out wide. Uh, as Colin has uh, said earlier, I mean, one of the ways to, to beat them, he's already suggested that. But another way for me is to get, as, as John Barnes, was it John Barnes said? Get, one way to beat them is to get round the back. It's, it's not just to take a man on, but it's the triangles that we play that give yeah. us an opportunity to get to that bar line and cut the ball back. I just didn't see a lot of that. I saw there was some of it, but our crosses were woeful. I've got to say that. I mean, Mendy, I've been looking forward to him playing and getting more game time and getting his fitness and his levels back. But his crossing has been atrocious at times. There's some wicked crosses, but putting balls into the box with so much pace that people are finding it difficult to control them and not being able to beat the man. I mean, that's just, you know, if I had any hair left, I'd be pulling it out because long as we couldn't beat the man, I thought Gundogan didn't beat the first man. Mendy kept the hitting at either low or high, couldn't beat the first man on probably at least 50% of, um, of the crosses he put in. It was a very, very frustrating evening all over the final third of the pitch. If Mendy did beat the first man, he beat the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, yeah. the ninth, and the tenth. And he went out for a throw-in on the other side. Yeah, he was just powering those uh, crosses in. It was very noticeable watching, say, I, I had a different view to normal. I'm watching 
kind of from behind the goal. And you can see the moves building up a little bit better. And Ray said, you know, the triangles we play, one of our almost a signature move is you've got full back out by the touchline. You've David Silvers infield and slightly behind him. You've got an, a winger, one of the forwards in there somewhere, someone like Sterling in there somewhere. And the fullback will either come in on the diagonal to a straight ball through the defence or the, the forward will move on to a ball. And we just weren't doing that at all tonight. It was, um, you know, the typical pattern was the ball was going out to Mendy and David Silver was stood, kind of stood where he should be. But there was, there was no kind of third member of that triangle making the move. And, and Mendy was just trying to blast the ball in without really having any other objective or any seeming objective. And it was very interesting when Sterling came on that we did start to use that space, that, that half space between the touchline and the edge of the area, which we normally use so well, but we hadn't used at all really well up till, um, up till then, up till later in the game. Very interesting statistics. Guys, by the half-hour mark, City were on 71% possession of the ball, 250 passes completed to just 70 of Zagreb. And I was beginning to think Zagreb are probably saying to themselves, this is all right, this, we can do this. So just sit back, soak up the pressure and let them just punch themselves out. And um, it was uh, just ridiculous. And um, one thing that I've skipped over that I had talked to Colin a little bit before we came on air, Ray, was um, Rodri. And Colin said that he thought Rodri was, was having a heart attack. It wasn't quite that bad, but you saw that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, as soon as he went down, I said it on my live stream tonight, it happened to me once in a game of football about five years ago where I was winded and I got absolutely poleaxed by a guy at least twice my size. And that's no exaggeration. Absolutely smashed through me, knocked me to the ground and I was winded. But I didn't know it was winded. It, it felt, honestly, it felt like I was dying. And people thought I was just trying to win a, a penalty. But I, I had no idea what was going on with my body. And you know, um, 10 or 15 seconds later, I settled down and I realized I'd been winded. And it felt exactly the same with Roderick. It felt he'd just been winded, but he was disoriented. He didn't know what was going on. Other players thought he was having a fit because he didn't know what was going on with his body. And I, I think just sometimes, it's only ever happened to me once, and I think it's a rare thing. So unless it happens to you, you don't realize what's going on until it happened the first time. And if it's never happened to you, when you watch somebody, you think someone's having a fit or potentially a lot more serious than it was. Now, I don't think he was knocked out or had concussion or anything like that. I just think it was winded because he, within a few minutes, he was back up and normal and, and carried on, ready to carry on. And he played the remainder of the game pretty much in a, in his usual fashion. So I don't think that had any, obviously, any long uh, or even short-term uh, impact upon him. But it was just, it was a bit, bit frightening at the time, just the way he was writhing on the floor. And it was just, you don't see that uh, in a, really in a game of football. Well, thankfully, he uh, did recover. And uh, when Ray was speaking there, uh, Colin, he mentioned the word penalty. And we should have had a penalty because that was blatantest of blatant handballs there that came up on the that VAR should have seen easily. Well, I, I saw it at half time actually. Yeah, it was a blatant handball. I mean, the guy punched the ball. It was like playing <laughs> volleyball. But I mean, we weren't getting any of those decisions tonight. With people talk about agendas and, and and things like that, but it was the most one of the most ridiculous refereeing performances I have ever seen. Particularly towards the end, when the referee seemed to have abandoned any pretense of trying to apply the laws of the game. So there was that handball, which which was interesting. Obviously, being in the North Stand, there were at least two incidents in front of us 
that looked like penalties. There was one where I think it was Rodri got flattened by um, a Zagreb player as he was going to head the ball, and the player went right through the back of him. It was Gundogan. Gundogan. There was a Sterling incident, but someone said Zagreb player got the ball. But, but he had a couple of goes at him. So well, we were expecting a free kick outside the area. There was one on Davis Silver, I think. There's one in the first half on David Silva, which I thought anywhere else on the pitch would have got. The one on Gundogan was like, when you watched it again in the replay, it was like an elbow into his head. That was nailed on penalty. The Sterling one, Sterling got past the guy. I don't think the guy interfered with him at all, but he got his, uh, as Sterling, the last time Sterling knocked it forward, the guy just got his toes to it and, and, and knocked it uh, away. So I don't think that was a penalty, but there was, there was one on Aguero. Stonewall penalty isn't strong enough. Nailed on penalty, it's not strong enough. I mean, Sergio had knocked it past to the side of the guy. The guy stretched out for it and basically trod on Sergio's foot. The foot was nowhere there. It was as plain a penalty as you'd ever want to see. And VAR did not tell the referee to have a look at the monitor on the side of the pitch. And it was just abysmal. And we got, I think we got a corner for that, even though Sergio was the one who kicked it out. And the guy stepped on his foot. So how VAR cannot see that, or the VAR official, it is beyond belief. Because Mr. Magoo would have got that call right. It's just ridiculous. Colin Savage, the uh, the domination did uh, continue after the second half recommenced with the score at 0-0. It was just all the same, the same story. It was like Groundhog Day within a day. 56th minute, I was just glad finally that Guardiola was going to make the change. He brought on uh, Raheem Sterling for Bernardo Silva, who obviously wasn't doing very much. And that did make a bit of a difference, didn't it? Well, it did because you had we we, we wanted that other game because um, you had a player who would run at people and as I said before if you're running at people you get past them you force them to readjust you create you open up a little bit of space for other players so if you run at a player get past him another defender has to come into block and that defender leaves perhaps Sergio Aguero free or or, or David Silva or, or Gundogan uh, you start opening up spaces and, and Sterling was using that space. Uh, that that half space between that that channel in the the edge of the area and the and the touchline, he was using it so so well. Finally, we had an outlet down that side, which we hadn't had. Mares didn't have one of his better games either, and but Sterling, with his directness and his pace, was causing all sorts of problems in that in that part of the field. So um, yeah, it made a huge difference. But um, I mean, one of the issues had been up to then that we weren't. We weren't playing the ball quickly enough. We seemed to kind of freeze when we're faced with that sort of defensive lineup. Instead of playing the ball quickly, we had a lot of the decision making was very poor. A number of times, David Silva would pick up the ball and had the chance to lay it off, but he then turn outside and give the give Zagreb a chance to just cover the angles and and, and make sure. You know, the passing lines were covered and, you know, we'd get the ball. Mendy would get the ball and instead of pushing on and perhaps forcing the Zagreb player to commit himself, he'd stop and look inside and slowing it down. When Sterling came on, all of a sudden we were playing it quicker and he was there to take the ball and that started to make the difference. Yeah, nine men, very often nine men defending their penalty area. Uh, before we go to Ray Cullen, it seemed like from what I was watching on the TV that the Zagreb fans were making a lot of noise despite the fact that they didn't have much to cheer about. Uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the foreign fans, they um, they come to enjoy themselves and they come to make a lot of noise and they were jumping up and down. They didn't. The top tier, the third tier, was empty where they for the away fans, but 
the other two tiers were, were full. Um, they, yeah, they did, I don't know if you saw it on TV, but they did this weird thing after we scored. They all took the shirts off. <laughs> but, but as someone said, you know, even a, a fairly getting on for slightly chilly October day in Manchester is probably kind of subtropical for by Zagreb standards. Oh my gosh, were they perhaps Newcastle United fans in disguise? Yeah. Who could were they in disguise? Well, yeah, we're saying that. Who can tell? Array finally, finally, finally on the sixty-sixth minute, we got the breakthrough. Describe that for us, please. Look, we've been trying for ages and ages and ages. You know, we've been through the penalty incidents. We've been through all these opportunities that we had. Well, basically, uh, once again, it was... I think it was the left-hand side of the pitch where most of our action uh, was. I think we had the ball played in from... I think Mares played it out wide to Gundogan. He played it across to Rodri in the centre, who left-footed it down towards the edge of the six-yard box on the left uh, for a cross. And Raheem Sterling was there just to chase it in, you know, around the six-yard box. And he just slammed it, absolutely slammed it into the roof of the net. The goalie diving, two men on uh, on him, and he he wanted it more than they did. Uh, you know, obviously I, he has an extra bit of pace, but he really, really wanted it. But it was a cracking ball from I think from Rodri, left-footed ball to Mares, which was basically cutting through, slicing through their defence. And that's that's the point I was making. We weren't using that sort of ball up till then. Until Sterling yeah. came on, we weren't yeah. playing that sort of. Well, we were quite happy to pump it out to to Mendy on the touchline, and he'd either put it in, hit the first man, or put it into the goalkeeper's hands, or put it out on the far side. And you know, there was no movement in that area. And since, as I said, Sterling came on and gave us that outlet, but Sterling actually wasn't. Apart from getting on the end of the ball, it was um, Rodri and Mares and Gundogan who set up that chance. And after that goal was scored, I know that Ray is in Germany now. He's, he's left uh, France, but I decided to test his uh, his French ability by putting out a tweet which said Maintenant j'attends le déluge which means I now expect there to be a flood but there wasn't a flood Colin Dinamo just got back to doing what they were doing before just sitting back soaking up pressure and watching us get frustrated and uh, so it continued yeah. for, for quite a while well, yeah well have we said that about teams that um they come to the Etihad, and even if they go a goal down, they'll carry on defending for their lives in the hope that they will get an equaliser. So basically, they try not to make it worse for themselves, because there's always a chance that when you're only one nil down, you might get a goal. So yeah. whereas what we'd normally expect a team that went one nil down to actually come out and start playing. Of course, we took advantage of that right at the death to go two nil up. But yeah, but, but that's the that's phenomenon we've seen, isn't it? Even if they go, a team goes one nil down at the Etihad, they'll still carry on nine men behind the ball and um, just hope to keep it that way uh, and get one on the break. Ray and Colin, let's play a little game. You know, one of our biggest friends on the Bolt from the Blue podcast is Bored Ederson. Let's think of five things that Ederson could have done during that game without <laughs> without interruption. I'll get us started with uh, the Times crossword. That would have been one thing he could have done. Translated War and Peace into Portuguese. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Played a game of Jenga, maybe, with a couple of the uh, uh, attackers. <laughs> he, he could have watched a, a monitor of a game between Bayern Munich and Tottenham. That was going <laughs> honestly. And, sure. and would have had a lot more fun as well. He could have spent 90 minutes bouncing up and down like Taylor Howard Bellis. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Ederson must have been absolutely going crazy. It was 
was just such a non-event for him. But my goodness, I think that Pep will have words to say to uh, some of those forwards whenever he gets them in. And he was uh, pretty frustrated on that bench, uh, guys. And he got a yellow card. I actually missed uh, that. I just saw him getting the yellow card. I didn't see what he got it for, Ray. Did you catch that? Uh, I think he was um, uh, having a polite discussion with the fourth official. A full and uh, frank exchange of views, maybe. I think it was a, a one-sided frank exchange of views. It was when we thought Sterling had been fouled. It looked like that initially, but the player who got the ball, I think it was around that time. Yeah, that would have been as frustrated as us. Uh, you know, a guy searching for basically perfect football. And to see us squander so many, I think, decent opportunities or, you know, he must have been, well, he hasn't got any hair to pull out, but he must have been slapping his bald head because it was a struggle to get that ball in the net. And he must have been feeling it because, you know, we had, I think the first half, honestly, if we watch that again, we'll see five or six chances where you think, well, we must be scoring here. And we just did. So he must have been a, 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 a frustrated figure. Probably like a lot of City fans uh, until we scored. On Twitter, there was a fabulous tweet from a young fella called Bolt from the Blue who asked everybody, please rearrange these words in the correct order. Cows, banjo, ass. We couldn't. Ah, we couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. That's how bad it was, guys. It was a really deeply, deeply spectacularly frustrating for us. But uh, anyway, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And when I say cometh the hour, it was basically into added on time at the end of the game. And a young chap called Philly Foden comes on. And uh, within no time, they were picking the ball out of the back of the net again, Colin. You see that? Yes, certainly did. Yeah. Um, Because for that last few minutes, Zagreb did actually come out and try and make a game of it. And of course, when you're 1-0 up, anything can happen. And we're all... You know, th- thinking you've got Otamendi in defence and, and Mendy, and, and Mendy had looked vulnerable uh, a couple of times at the the guy on uh, Zagreb's right running at him. We broke down a, a Zagreb attack right at the death, and um, we broke quickly and decisively. And I think it was Gabriel Jesus had the ball in the middle, and it looked like he'd, he'd kind of fluffed the pass of it, but it was absolutely perfect. And Foden just buried it into the uh, across the goalkeeper and into the far corner. Sorry, I, so I have to correct you. And I, uh, I, I was just going to say the same thing. Wasn't it Sterling <laughs> that provided that? Yeah, yes. Uh, I, 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 so I, yes, I, yeah. Sorry, not yeah. I, I, I saw it off saying Sterling. I thought, I, no, I'm sure it was Jesus. Yeah. I was going to give you my Bernardo tweet moment, but I, I decided against it. But no, I think actually at that that point, it's interesting. I've got a still from when Gabby Jesus he did actually get the ball on the left hand side. And you've got six Zagreb players in front of the ball. And we have we had six defenders. So basically, we were bursting through at pace. And Gabby Jesus, as I said, got the ball on the inner half, a bit on the left of middle. And he, he passed it through to Sterling. And Sterling was just bombing forward. I think Mares Mares went to the left. And there were two Zagreb uh, defenders in front of Sterling. So Mares kind of put one of them off. And then Foden, you could see him busting the gut to get there. And he'd, he'd only come on. I think it was 89 and a half minutes he'd come on. And he, here we were exactly five minutes later, in the last minute of the, of the fifth minute of injury time. And just on, on the edge of the box, Sterling had bisected the two uh, Zagreb defenders to put the ball into uh, Phil Foden's path. Now, Phil Foden's, I think, left-footed. But he hit a, a shot from about 15 yards unerringly with his right foot into the corner. The goalkeeper had no chance. And it made a bit of a mockery of all the superstars that we'd had on the pitch for the previous 90 minutes who couldn't hit that aforementioned band or 
uh, with a banjo. And it was right, honestly, it was right into the corner. You could not ask for a better uh, a shot. Uh, you could not ask for a better reaction from Fordham, who, for all those pundits and commentators and opposition fans who've been clamouring for him to go out on loan, yeah, he gave them the best signal as to where his immediate future was. He left hand pulling his badge, the Man City badge, right hand pointing to it and saying, this is where I am, kissing the badge. And uh, all the others, you know, as I said, all those pundits and the commentators or whatever, they, they, can, they can do one because uh, Fordham's not going anywhere. Yes, clutching the badge and pointing to it, uh, Colin, was uh, young Philip uh, sending a message to his manager. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was just delighted to score a goal in uh, you know, a very tight game. And, and, and as Ray said, you know, with all the... Uh, Shots going high, wide, and mighty up to then. It was a clinical finish, and um, you know, and it won the game, of course, because we knew then the game was was safe at that point. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he was delighted. But again, you know, he gave us that little bit of energy. We, you know, we looked very lackadaisical, as though it was one of those games where we looked as though all we had to do was turn up to win it. You know, you think we'd learn our lesson. I say we were very slow. We took an extra touch. We we turned when we should have been playing the ball. We were playing daft balls in, and mm. Foden and Sterling gave us that little bit of directness that we'd lack. Can I say, uh, Phil Foden? Uh, only nine minutes ago, he sent out a message, two pictures, basically him pointing to the badge, the City badge, and his comment is simply says all you need to know. Says That's all it. you need to know, guys. Yeah. I think the clamouring for uh, Phil Foden to get into this starting lineup will reach unbearable levels for Pep. Here are a few aftermatch stats that are quite interesting. That's uh, five consecutive Champions League home wins for the first time for City. We completed 600, 600 more passes than Dinamo Zagreb's. 727 to 100. And uh, now we've got... Um, Another one, uh, just picking up the Algerian prince, Riyad Mahrez, has been directly involved in eight goals in eight Champions League appearances uh, for City, two goals and two assists. And finally, Raheem Sterling has been directly involved in uh, 19 goals in his past 16 home appearances in the Champions League for City. Guys, I think it's time for another game. Are you ready? Here we go. Now, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to see which of us can get closest to Stuart Brennan's player ratings for the game. I'm going to give you the name. And, uh, guys, I invite you to, to check us out after the pod is finished and see which of these two fellas that I've got with me got closest. And uh, I'm just repeating the objective of the game is I'm going to mention a player's name. You've got to say what you think Mr. Brennan gave this player out of 10. And uh, you can also add what that player should have got. We're going to start off with Ederson, Colin. What do you think Mr. Brennan would have given Ederson? Ederson was, didn't have much to do. So what, what are you going to give him? Six, seven? Well, I think that's it, Colin. I think when people decide to give a player marks out of 10, you've got to decide what is the baseline. I mean, what, what number out of 10 constitutes a performance that was just, you know, just competent, but nothing spectacular? And nothing really bad either. And I think that like six is that number that you give when 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 the player didn't do anything out of the ordinary. So um, are, are you going uh, yeah. you're going to go for six, Colin? Then uh, so, yeah, go go for a six for Edison. I, I, in actual fact, there were a couple of um, he launched a couple of long balls which didn't find Aguero. So yeah, yeah, six will do. Now is is uh, that is that sorry, uh, Ray? Is that Colin? What you think, Mister Brennan would say? Sorry, a six or a seven. I would have oh. said. Okay, Ray, you were you were trying to get in there to say something. 
I'd give him a, a cup of warm milk and a book to read. <laughs> uh, no, no, look, look. Give, give Edison credit. He made a save. I mean, there was a there was a header. And someone asked me uh, on my live stream, if, uh, you know, if Zagreb had a shot. Well, they had a header that just plopped on the ground, and Edison picked it up. He had a couple of long passes out to Sergio that didn't make it. One that did. Stuart Brennan. Stuart will give him an eight. I'm sure Stuart will give him an eight. He'll say he had a good game. We're not. I'm not here. To, I'm not having a pop at you. I'm just having a little bit of. We're just. Joking. We're just having fun. We're just having fun. Guys, the name of this game is WWSS. What would Stu say? <laughs> Are we talking Ed Stupart or uh, Stu Brennan? Stu Brennan. Stu Brennan will give him an... Uh, no, Stu will give him a seven. I can't see anything else. Okay, let's move on to Mr. Savage. Uh, Cancelo, Colin. Cancelo. Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly the play seemed to go down the left-hand side. Um, so, again, he wasn't wasn't hugely involved. So, I, I'd give him a, a six. And, and, and our Stu? I don't know, a five. <laughs> Good. Let's move on um, and uh, ask Ray the same one. I'll give him a seven because I think he had a couple of good runs, a um, couple of good attacking moments. Uh, I think he did one of their defenders in the box, get a cross in, dangerous. So I deserve seven. And WWSS? Stu Brennan, uh, Stu would give him a six. Okay, guys, this is going to be fun. This is the first pod where you guys will get the chance to check this out after the pod. Next one is Fernandinho, Colin. Fernandinho. Oh, I thought Fernandinho was excellent. So I'd have given him... I, I think Fernandinho's worth uh, an eight. WWSS? Uh, what, what, would, what would Stu say? I, I think a seven. Same for you, Ray. Um, I'll give uh, Fernandinho a seven, and I think Stu will give him a seven too. That's it. Now you're, you guys are finally entering into the spirit of the game. Otamendi, Colin. Otamendi, what would I give him? There were a couple of signature Otamendi moments. <laughs> but I, again, I mean, again, it didn't have much to do, but battled quite well. I'd have given him a seven. But I suspect WWSS. So there were a couple of signature Otamendi moments, and not for the not the right moments. So uh, uh, six. Ray Bubbles. Um, uh, Nico. Yeah, he, I think we, both guys have mentioned that he, he, he is uh, a little bit uh, impetuous and rash at times, trying to nick a ball that he can't nick. I'll give him a six, and I I, I can't see Stu going anything different. So we'll go with six for Stu Brennan as well. Okay, Colin Savage. Bonjour, Mendy. Mendy, yeah. Hmm. I, uh, I thought he, he had a, uh, not a terrible game, but uh, some of his crossing was like, he still doesn't, he still doesn't look right. He still look, doesn't look, you know, it's going to take him a few games to get right. So on that basis, I would have given him a, hmm. If we're saying sixes did okay, nothing terrible, nothing nothing great, I might be tempted to go with a five for Mendy. Now put yourself in the mind of Stu. A seven. Ray? Um, I was tying up between a five and a six for Mendy. Um, and yes, as Colin has already said, he, he didn't look fit to me. He didn't have the pace that he he thought he had. There was a couple of times he was, he was thinking of trying to take a man on, and he just realised he wasn't fast enough. Um, so I'll go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a nicer man than than um, Colin. I'll give him a six. Now use a uh, Vulcan mind meld, a Vulcan mind meld, and put yourself in the mind of Stuart Brennan. Stuart Brennan will say he had a decent game, and, I, and we'll give him a seven. Let's go on to Ilkay Gundogan, Colin Savage. Gundogan, yeah, uh, I thought Gundogan had a, a, a decent, if solid, if unspectacular game. In my book, he's a seven, I think. 
And that's um, all very well, Colin, but what would Stuart think? I think Stuart likes Gundogan, so I'm going to go for an 8 for Gundo. Ray Bubbles? I saw a lot of people on social media say Gundogan had a great game. Pep, actually, I'll give you a quote. He said, Ilke Gundogan, you cannot believe how good he is. He's an exceptional player. He plays different positions and his work ethic. I missed him a lot in his first year when he was out for six months. He's one of the best signings in this club's history. Tempted not to agree with that comment. I would give, um, I'll give him a six because for, for some of the, you know, decent play, you know, quite uh, intelligent passes. He got caught once or twice. Some of his crossing, the two caught, I just remember those two corners back to back. It's all right. Back to back's all right when you're winning league titles, but not when you can't beat the first man on a corner. So I'll give Ilke Gundogan six. Stu would have liked him. Uh, so Stu will give him a seven. It's quite funny, isn't it? Those, every time you hear Pep uh, talking about a player, it reminds me of this particular character on Friends. It's one of um, Phoebe's uh, boyfriends played by Alec Baldwin, and he's just, he, he gets the elbow from Phoebe because he just can't stop himself from talking about the beauty of everything. He's the most positive guy in the world, and Pep really has a truly spectacular gift for hyperbole. But let's move on to Rodri, Rodrigo, as his father would rather have him addressed. But uh, Colin Savage, Rodrigo. Oh, I thought he had an excellent game. So he, he just slotted in so well. I mean, um, I think he had his pocket picked. Right towards the end, he had his pocket picked uh, when he really shouldn't have done so. I, I, but I give him an eight. And in the cerebral cortex of Mr. Brennan? I think Stuart likes Rodri. Uh, and I think he, oh, I don't know, eight, nine, I don't know. Well, I'll go along with an eight. I think he had a decent game. There was one, I think one of his passes, I was shocked when it was like way off target. I think he had a decent game. I, I think eight's reasonable. I can't see Stewart giving him a ten. But it was his pass that split the defence for Maris to set up Raheem. Uh, let's go with a nine. Next on our agenda, as we come towards the end, Colin Savage, Senior David Silva. David Silva. Um, strange game for David. He was always involved. But there were too many times where, in a game like that, where you need to move things a bit quicker, there were too many times where he slowed us down. But overall, I'd give him a seven. Senior Ray Bubles? Uh, I'll go along with that. I mean, uh, look, David Silva still playing, uh, I think, at a good level. I think we've all said it's a shame that he's um, decided that this is his last season with City. So I think a seven's a, a decent mark. And if Stu Brennan's got anything about him, anything about him, he'll give him a seven too. The Algerian yeah. prince, Colin, the Algerian prince. Um, no, I'd say not one of his better games overall, but one or two good moments. I mean, he, I give Mares a, I give him a six. And Stu? I think Stu will go a little bit higher, seven. Mm-hmm. Ray Bubbles? I'll give Mares a, uh, a seven. I don't think he did much in the first half. Truth be told, I think it was a pretty poor first half for him. Partly because a lot of the action was on the left. There was very little coming out on the on the right. But he, he set up that, obviously, the goal for his assist for the goal. So I'll give him a seven. Stu Brennan will give him an eight because Stu doesn't want the Algerian princes, supporters, his billions of fans. They have billions of fans. He doesn't want his millions of adoring fans on his back. So he'll give him an eight. Or to stop subscribing to the Manchester Evening News. The next one. Senior Sergio Kun Aguero, Colin. Um, I thought Aguero, um, given what he had to work with, had a decent enough game. He missed one or two chances. He was double marked most of the time. You know, he really had no room to work in. But I thought he had a good. Aguero had a really good game. I'd certainly, certainly worth a seven. 
Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd keep it at seven. Now, don't tease us. What would Stu say? I think Stu would go a bit lower, six. Guys, they say that the Noisy Neighbours podcast is the funniest pod on the planet. I mean, how much more fun could you have? I mean, <laughs> we, we, we now claim the comedy crown. Okay, Sergio Cunaguero, Mr. Ray Bubbles. Tell you what, I'm having so much fun. I've, I've put my knackers in, in the doorway and I'm slamming <laughs> the door on them. It's a laugh riot. It's a laugh riot, Ray. <laughs> okay, Sergio Cunaguero, I'm going to go into half marks. I'm going to give him a six and a half. For all some fantastic little touches in the box, some top level touches in the box to get him, him to create a little bit of a half, uh, space for himself, a half yard, nipping in front of the defender a couple of times. He slashed at the ball and when he should have been hitting the target, should have been scoring goals. A few other times, he was just way too greedy. You, uh, we've seen that from um, Sergio before, but some of the things he was doing, there's one long pass I remember from uh, Edison and Sergio picked it up right in the corner, left-hand corner, and he'd bust a gut to get there and, and tussle with the defender to get there and, 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 and uh, come up victorious with the ball. But there's no way he was going to call from there and, and, and take three or four people on and score. He should have been looking for the pass. He was greedy. There's another chance where he, in the first half, he threw by one of their defenders, but a mistake from their defender. And he, his, I think his first or second touch was poor and he was too near the keeper. He had to take it wide and then the keeper got a chance to smother it when actually Sergio could have just tapped it. Uh, I don't know who was coming in, whether it was Bernardo, to give him a chance for a, an easier shot at goal. And there's another one where he was almost at the on the byline when he nicked the ball away and from a, I think from a defender. And then he had a shot from the, almost on the byline and the goalkeeper said, there's no chance. So, for all the good play that he did, he threw it away with some selfish selfishness and, and, and some uh, high, wide and handsome shooting. So I'll give him a six and a half. What will Stu give him? I don't know. If, maybe he'll give him an eight. Colin Savage, the final one of the starters, Bernardo Silva. Sir, I think we said before, I don't think Bernardo had a particularly fine game. Not involved enough, not making the runs, those clever little shimmies that he does. Uh, Bernardo... Mm, uh, five for me. I think I think Stu will agree with me. Well, in the first half, I said this on my live stream, I was tempted to give him a four out of ten. I'm deliberating between a four and a five. Now, what worries me, you know, with your thousands of followers on both of the blue, if I give him a four, I'll get it in the neck. So I'm tempted to give him a five. Mr. Brennan will say decent game, unlucky to be pulled off, and he'll give him a seven. Colin Savage, the substitutes. Now, this is a challenge now for what Stu would say. Phil Foden, 90 plus one. You only had a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But still, I think Stu... Rates, go. And I think Stu rated him, Colin. So here's the challenge. What do you think? And then... Phil was a fairly safe seven. Hmm? Do you think this might be the one time that Stu gives a player a ten? What do if, you... if it'd been on five more minutes, maybe. Mm -hmm. What do you think then? Same as you? I, I couldn't see how you could give maybe an eight. I don't know. Uh, no, it wasn't on long enough. You have to be a seven. Oh, this is so exciting, guys. It's so exciting. We're going to find out the answers after the pod. Ray, what do you think? Phil Foden came on five minutes on the pitch. It's, it's a funny old one. Normally, you wouldn't give him a rating for someone who's, you know, come on for such a short period of time. But look, he scored that goal. He was industrious. He was wasting time uh, uh, down in the corner flag. I'll give him an eight. Mr. Brennan. Would he actually rate? Well, you've got to rate him because he scored a goal. Oh, so he will. He will rate him. If he, I don't. I think if he hadn't scored, then he wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't have rated him. Stu Brennan couldn't give him anything lower than an eight because no, you can't give him lower than an eight because he scored a goal. He scored a wonderfully well struck goal into the far corner, and there's no way you can give him lower than an eight uh, in my book. 
Stu Brennan has to give him an eight, same as me. Uh, has to give Foden an eight. Colin Savage, Raheem Sterling. Oh, uh, Raheem made all the difference when he came on. So he made those runs, was using the space well. For me, it's for me, it's uh, an eight for Raheem. So There's a good case for making him man of the match. How excited would that have made Stu that performance? Are we talking about a ten here? Sorry. Are you going to stick your neck out? Well, let's say a nine because he wasn't on for the whole game. Now, here comes the uh, interesting thing, uh, Ray, Ray Bubbles. I'll give Raheem a nine because even though he was on the pitch for about 40 minutes, look, he changed the game. He attacked the defender. He put him under pressure. He, you know, Sometimes he went on the inside. Sometimes they went on the outside. He was always looking to make something happen. And he was in the right place at the right time to slam the ball home. Uh, so he got a goal. Uh, the pass to Phil Foden was banged on the money, and all Foden had to do was stroke it home. So I'm going to give Raheem Sterling a nine. Stu can't give him a seven or lower because the guy scored a goal, and created, uh, created a goal, and um, Stu will give him an eight. Colin, here's the last one. This has been fun, hasn't it? I mean, some people would say tortuous, but I'm going to stick with fun. <laughs> I'm going to stick with fun, but. You know, guys, we're we're just kidding here. We're just using this as an organising principle to discuss the players. We can rotate, can't we? Because we could do what would Jamie Jackson say and and, <laughs> and things like that. I'm yeah, sensing what would a whole Ian series. Herbert say? Okay, Duncan Castles. <laughs> okay, well, I'd rather Duncan Donuts than Duncan Castles, <laughs> guys. Now, listen, you hear these two guys? They're really trying to match me for my wit and humour. Oh, it's so encouraging. It's encouraging to see them try. I've got to say this, Michael. I hope this goes (laughs) out on the the podcast, young Michael, uh, because you are young, Michael, (laughs) you little camp. It's five to one here in Germany. Five to one. And we just spent 15 minutes eulogizing over Stu Brennan uh, (laughs) and his God. It's all in the name of charity, guys. All in the name of charity. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, Colin Savage. Decent enough game. Um, Didn't see anything particularly spectacular from him. Six. And Stu? I think Stu would go the same, actually. Ray Bubbles? He came on with a minute of normal time. 89th minute. So he came on with a minute of normal time to go. You can't give him a score. He he made no impact on the game. But Phil Foden came on after the 90th minute. You can't give a score to Phil and then not give a score to Gabriel when when Gabriel came on first. No, but I said if Phil hadn't scored, then I wouldn't have given him a match. Because Phil did something in the game. If he'd done nothing in that game in the five minutes, then I would have said he doesn't deserve a mark. So I'm going to stick to my gun that Gabby Jesus came on and all he really did was waste some time in the corner. He made no impact on the game because he had no time to do that. So I will reserve my right to withhold a mark for Gabriel Jesus. Would Stu give him a score? Stu's not daft. So Stu, Stu, Stu would be just like me. He's, he's come on the pitch. He's done now. You know, he's not affected it in a positive or a negative way. The little bits he did, nah. She was astute enough to also realise that Gabby Jesus did now in that game because he wasn't on long enough. So no score then? No score from me. No score from for Stu. You know something, guys? If I didn't know better, I would think someone had been looking at Stu's ratings surreptitiously while we're playing the game. If you've done Colin that, Ray... Savage. Colin Savage, you Colin are Savage. guilty of that. <laughs> I don't have Stu's ratings in front of me. I don't even have a computer. I'm going to show you. Guys, to, to the tens of thousands of Bolt from the Blue podcast listeners out there, I've got to say that I'm on my phone, so that's why the quality of the pod from my side of things might not be as good as uh, as normal. And I'm on my phone because I've got no blinking Wi-Fi. 
So how am I going to get Brennan's um, ratings up if I've got no computer to use to get the ratings up? Victimology, victimology, guys. Yeah, you, you pick, you're picking on me, man. You're picking on me. <laughs> well, guys, I, I was tempted, actually, to continue the game by going through the unused substitutes, but I think that might be stretching it too far. Yeah, but I, yeah, th- yeah. I, I think that the, the game is over. Um, Let's you... quit, while, quit while we're ahead, yeah. Quit, well, some people may suggest that we should have quit a long time ago, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, that was it, guys. The game was won. We got the points. We are in pull position to top this group and start resting players. Who, who won the Stu Brennan competition? Well, no, no. What, what, what the idea is, Ray, is that the fans of the pod would then go <laughs> and compare the answers with Stu's answers and see who was the winner. So, guys, answers on a postcard to uh, Colin Savage at Prestwich Blue. <laughs> now, anyway, moving on, guys. There was another game tonight involving an English club, but Colin, um, how did that go? It was close. Um, 7-2 for Bayern Munich at first. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, uh, Ray, you're not going to go on one of those um, long, hysterical laughter bits for five minutes, but um, yeah, a a bit of schadenfreude there, guys. Do you feel sorry for them? Do you feel sorry for them, Colin? Oh, desperately. Uh, You know, I won't sleep tonight for... Feeling sorry for Spurs. Is this the end, Ray, do you think, for uh, Mr. Pochettino? No, he'll stick it out. I mean, can you imagine, and I think this is where it's going to be, can you imagine Daniel Levy paying Pochettino off to leave? The answer is no. So he'll yeah. stick it out for the season. And then Levy will hope that United are coming from or Real Madrid coming for him and that they pay to take him off his Spurs' hands. But, you know, who else, who else can Spurs go for? Jose Mourinho? No. There's no, there's no one out there. Um, he'll stick it out for this season, unless United or Real Madrid come calling. <laughs> well, guys, I think we better... I think you've probably had enough of us by now, haven't you? Um, why are you guys out there in the internet world stitch your sides back together? Um, I think that we'll just... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. And before we do that, we'll say cheerio to our two guests. First of all, Colin Savage, thank you very much for coming on and entertaining us tonight. It's a pleasure. Hope I have entertained you. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll let you know, Colin. We'll let you know. And um, and Ray, thank you so much for your fabulous wit. Um, <laughs> you liar. <laughs> <laughs> you saw through my uh, veiled sarcasm there, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Ray, thanks for coming on. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. Uh, there's nothing I like better to do after uh, at one o'clock in the morning than chat to you two guys. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad. I'm just, one o'clock in the morning. I'm just glad you two guys are on uh, Skype and uh, not actually sat here with me in my bedroom. <laughs> to quote Blackadder, guys, if I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be having as much fun as I'm having now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, we will be back with you after the next game. Until then, have one on us. And up the blues. Let's go!